All right, welcome back to this week's episode of The Apartment Academy, the multifamily industry's only operations-focused podcast and your institute for higher NOI. I'm the Dean of The Apartment Academy, your host, Daniel Cunningham. And today's guest lecturer is Todd Thorpe, who is VP of Sales over at Dojo Networks. And uh, Dojo Networks is a, a company that facilitates the implementation of managed Wi-Fi and the idea of how we provide Wi-Fi to, to residents has really evolved over the last 10 years and has become really important since uh, the pandemic. And so if you are at a community that has not deployed um, high-speed internet to all of your residents, this would be a great episode for you to learn something. So let's bring him on. Here is Professor Thorpe. Well, Professor Thorpe, welcome to the hallowed halls here of a virtual campus of the Apartment Academy. Really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you, Daniel. Do I move my tassel like over to the left or right, right, Do I, to graduate? Oh, only at the end of the show. Only at the end of the show. <laughs> we have a little filter we'll put on your head that will show like you've got a little, you got the whole mortarboard thing going on. <laughs> That's a great idea. We'll see if we can figure work that out. Um, so, uh, so Todd, you work for uh, Dojo Networks, your VP of sales there. Let's just start off by giving folks some sense of what, what Dojo does. Yeah, I mean, first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. There's a lot going on in the industry in, in multifamily and prop tech and managed Wi-Fi specifically. And that's really what Dojo Networks does is we are a, a property-wide managed Wi-Fi provider for the multifamily industry, student housing, your traditional or conventional housing, affordable housing, and senior properties like assisted living and and uh, independent living, um, and you know property wide managed Wi Fi. So enterprise grade. This isn't com uh, consumer grade putting in uh, modems and and consumer grade. This is enterprise class managed Wi Fi that. Um, is ubiqui ubiquitous throughout the property. Been doing it since uh, uh, probably uh, early 2000s. The company's been around since 1996. Started out as a, just an internet service provider providing internet service to college students in State College, Pennsylvania. Providing service to most of Penn State, who um, uh, won, I guess, last weekend, right? So congratulations, Penn State. But, um, and, and have been focusing strictly on managed Wi-Fi since um, the early 2000s. Does that mean that they refuse to provide service to University of Michigan then? <laughs> Potentially, yeah, you know, because there is just a little bit of a rivalry there, but yeah. After that game two weeks ago. <laughs> All right, we're dating ourselves on the podcast. This is, this is October 24th, 2022, by the way. Um, so uh, we'll come back to what that means to have uh, enterprise grade Wi-Fi, but let's talk a little bit about your your journey here, Todd. Where how did you get started in this business? So uh, thirty years uh, telecom uh, veteran started out in um, you know direct sales and and working pretty much my entire career in the cable telecom industry, and then started really focusing on on MDU, a multi-dwelling unit or multi-family sales um, around uh, 2005, 2006. I uh, worked for Charter Spectrum for a majority of my career, um, left for a little while, did some consulting, and then been with Dojo for almost two years now. 
Now, forgive my ignorance, Todd, because I, um, and I'm ignorant about a lot of things. <laughs> so I need a lot of forgiveness. But uh, but I was on the operations side for a time. I started a property management company back in 2011, and I operated that for a period of time prior to starting um, the software company, Leonardo 24 seven. So um, so I, I I've um, and I was an asset manager with Amco prior to that. And I remember the days. I remember you know early days of my career. We were talking about what I guess is managed Wi-Fi. I, I was signing contracts right to get. You know, to get everybody Wi-Fi, a dedicated contract, we got two hundred dollars a door as a fee for that kind of thing. So, so I thought kind of the managed Wi-Fi thing was settled science, but that's not the case. Or has things changed? Like, what does that mean today? How is today's managed Wi-Fi environment different than what I remember? Than your grandfather's Wi-Fi, right? Um, how how has it how has it changed? Um, it's significantly, you know, and and technology evolves constantly and. We like to talk about um, protecting against technology obsolescence, but um, which is really important because technology refreshes every four or five, six years. But you know, yeah, the the two hundred dollar um, door fee and the rev share, you know, the just the traditional right of entry agreements, and I did a lot of that in my career, where you're just trying to get access to a property um, and just providing service retail. Um, video and which, by the way, video is kind of dead for your for your listeners out there. Um, it's really Wi-Fi, and then add, adding on technology, Internet of Things, and, and smart technology. Everybody's streaming nowadays their their video content. Um, but you know the the early days, and you probably remember, you know, because you were signing a lot of those contracts and. Your listeners are, are probably enforcing a lot of those agreements that their owners put in were like bulk agreements, bulk video and, and bulk internet, which was, you know, everybody gets video content, everybody gets internet. And it was really just putting a modem uh, in kind of a residential or, or consumer grade modem in every unit. And then you have, you know, constant bombardment um, and interference of, of that Wi-Fi signal, that overlapping. It's like a 10, 10 lane highway. And you know, cars are like, you know, coming into this lane and that lane and, and a lot of crossover. And then as technology has improved and, and evolved, uh, we use um, Ruckus, which I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. Maybe your listeners are familiar with that. Uh, that company, but we use ruckus equipment, which is enterprise grade. So what you're doing is you're putting in a very sophisticated system that provides that same Wi-Fi for every single user, but now it's to the level of, of a resident can step onto a property when they move in and they immediately are connected. The analogy I use a lot is when you go to a hotel and you, know, you wouldn't stay at a Marriott or a, or a Best Western or a Hilton unless they had Wi-Fi. And that's really where the technology is going and we're seeing a lot of the, the owners. Student housing was the early adopter of this technology because students have to have that, that connectivity for gaming, for homework, for social activities. And we're seeing it now literally in all other aspects of multifamily. And 
there's things that haven't even been invented yet. We don't even know where this is going, right? So no more, nobody has a device in their unit anymore in, 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 uh, in the, in the uh, deployments that you guys are, uh, you, that you guys recommend. Nobody has, it's, it's, man, it's monitored, managed by the apartment community owner operator. So, so there is, there is equipment, there is hardware, but it's not putting a, a consumer grade router or modem, just like you would have in your house. And then it's sitting on a desk or sitting on the floor in some cases, right? Um, connected to a, a coax cable and, and an, an ethernet cable. We put a, an access point um, mounted on the wall or on the ceiling of the unit and then it emits a Wi-Fi signal. Um, so it's out of the way, uh, blends into the environment. If it's wall mounted, you have ethernet ports on it so you could plug into the actual um, access point, right? And if you wanted to hook up a game system or TV or plug your laptop directly into it. So there is hardware um, that, that is deployed at the property, but it's sophisticated, enterprise grade equipment that um, when done right, it, it blends in and you don't really see it. It's just there and it just automatically works without having to think about it. And the leasing staff, they don't really have to do anything. Um, it takes that burden off of the leasing staff. We're the utility, much like um, you know having electric and gas and water, it's, it's already on and it's there and it just works. Somebody once said, you know, the best kind of Wi-Fi or the best kind of internet is the kind you don't have to think about. And that's really what we want is we don't have to really want to think about it. It just works. Is there a no access point model, Todd? Is there, an, is there a model where it's, there really are just community-based access points that cover the whole community? Just, I mean, I think of that when I think of like a hotel. Yeah, I mean, you, you can. Um, do that. So we avoid kind of that putting an access point down the hallway or putting an access point that's maybe shared by, you know, four or five, um, six, six units. Um, you want to have true connectivity throughout the property, but then um, what you want to look for. So for, for your, for your listeners who are really thinking about deploying this technology in their community or recommending it to the decision makers um, within the, uh, the portfolio or the company is you, um, you want a system that, that, that's smart that uh, creates a, what's called a VLAN or a virtual area network. It's a, it's a private network that every resident has within their unit. Um, so, and then that follows them around the property, hence it being property-wide managed Wi-Fi. They can go from their unit to the pool, to the clubhouse, um, you know, to the lobby, to the fitness center, laundry room even in some cases. And they could be um, at the pool and they could be printing back to their unit as if they're literally sitting on their couch. So, um, yeah, there are um, systems where you can deploy um, kind of sparse um, access points. For, you have to have a certain amount of access points because that's how you connect, right? That's, that's how you're connecting to that signal. But 
um, you want to deploy it in such a way that gives the resident that same experience as if they're in their unit or if they're running on the treadmill. They're still connected to the Wi-Fi, but they're connected to their private network, and that's what creates it um, secure for them. Here at the Academy, we have a one gigabit connection, you know, uh, fiber optic frontier, right? Um, what what speeds can apartment uh, operators expect to be able to provide without breaking the bank? Or, or maybe it's not expensive in any case, but but what are the speeds now that are, that are common and, and what's on the horizon? So what a resident, or I'm sorry, what a, um, a leasing manager or a company, what, what your listeners should be thinking about is what experience do they want to provide their resident? And first of all, you want that, res that resident experience to be um, seamless or frictionless and um, the experience to be good no matter what. And what, what I mean by that is you want symmetrical speed, not asymmetrical. So symmetrical is, is the same upload and download. So 200 by 200 versus say 300 by 10. Like at, at my home, I have uh, 300 by 10. So 300 uh, download speed and, and 10 meg upload speed. You wanna try to have a symmetrical speed, a provider who does symmetrical. So it's the same, right? So the experience is gonna be the same. Um, and typically you can put in a 200 by 200 symmetrical speed and deliver a phenomenal experience for the resident. Conversely, some owners, and it's, it's really a business decision, Daniel, what they're looking for is there are some owners who wanna advertise that sexy, I got a gig to my unit and every resident's gonna get a gig and they can advertise that in their marketing literature um, and it's spectac spectacular, right? But at the end of the day, devices can't even handle a gig. So what we advise our partners to do, what your, what your listeners should be looking for in a provider is, are they, do they offer that, first of all, and that flexibility um, in, in kind of a, 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 a low speed and a high speed? But at the end of the day, it's a business decision that the owner is going to have to make. And, um, you know, do they want to advertise that high speed or do they want to have just that 200 by 200 speed? Um, it, frankly, there really isn't much difference in price. So if they want to just offer a gig, they can. And you're probably not talking much more than a few dollars per unit more just by offering a gig. So it really comes down to preference. And we, we, we were talking earlier about the old days of the per unit fees and that sort of thing. Is there, in today's enterprise Wi-Fi managed uh, service, is there an ancillary income component? And if so, what, what does that look like? Yeah, so um, typically what you're seeing nationally from all the providers on a retail basis is $70 $80 or more per month for retail uh, internet service. You move into your apartment or your home and that's about what you would expect to pay. Traditionally, what you're seeing on the managed Wi-Fi side is 
20 to $30 a unit, depending on property size. We've even seen it lower than 20 in, in the high teens per unit. And then what, a, what an owner wants to do then is charge an amenity fee for that, or they can put it into the lease and into the rent or charge a, a tech fee or an amenity fee. And if they're charging the resident, say $50 or even $60, uh, but say $50 a unit, and they're paying, say, 20 or 25 well, there's their NOI, right? There's their difference in what they're going to, to um, increase their NOI by. Um, so as long as they stay below that retail price, they're giving their resident a very valuable service um, that's reliable that they're going to be able to get for, the, for a fraction of what they would pay if they just went out and got it on their own. And the one thing that a lot of owners and leasing managers tend to forget about is the burden that they're putting on their resident for the resident to go out and have to get that on their own, right? Think about if you move into an apartment or a home, but you know, we're, we're here talking about, about multifamily properties, the burden that you're putting on your resident to have to do one more thing before they move in, whether it's transferring service from their previous residence or getting it set up brand new, the last thing you wanna do is add a level of complexity onto your resident. Make it easy for them, right? So by providing Wi-Fi as an amenity for them when they move in, that's one less thing that they need to get hooked up. Uh, you know, maybe they still need to get the electric or the gas or the water, and maybe you include those utilities as well, whether it's free or you're um, adding some sort of fee on top of that. You know, putting a washer and dryer in the unit. I'm going to charge you $50 a month extra for that washer and dryer in the unit. The thing is to just give them things that they want and, and take the, the barrier away. And it's just, it's, it's a great experience for the resident. And then the, uh, the leasing staff doesn't have to deal with it. So to, uh, to the layperson, internet is going to be internet is going to be internet, you know, access point is going to be access points, access point. Um, wh where, where does Dojo networks, like how, do, how does one make a decision between this provider, that provider? What's the, what's the decision-making intelligence you, your company brings into this that maybe people don't realize is important to, to a successful enterprise Wi-Fi deployment? So um, for us, or what I would encourage your listeners to be thinking about this, whoever they work with, right, is um, first of all, it's the design, and we talked a little bit about that at the beginning, is making sure that the provider designs it correctly. And when we do a design, we design in such a way, putting an access point in every unit, for example, um, having as few of electronics as possible, besides maybe a, a switch inside of a data closet, um, Ethernet goes from there to an access point, uh, trying to keep it simple, um, in a unit or on the ceiling in the uh, fitness room. So by um, keeping the design simple, yet putting in the right equipment, that's the first thing you want to look for. And that's what we do is we design it intelligently 
so that what ends up happening it's it's the second piece is the um, the support which is um, if you design it right the level of service calls go way down because there's nothing that can go wrong I mean it's not gonna be perfect but you want a system that's if it's designed right to begin with it's that being proactive versus reactive all the time do it right the first time kind of thing then your your trouble call volume goes down your service call volume goes down here's a here's a stat for you so less than half a percent of our end users call and have a trouble ticket on an annual basis less than half a percent of all the end users and that's huge um, industry average is like 10 percent um, you know we answered the phone in you know 15 um, seconds or less by a live technician so it's that support that's how we differentiate ourselves. and I would encourage as your listeners are interviewing and talking to other providers out there and they're trying to narrow the field and decide on somebody ask those questions you know what are, what are their um, statistics that they can back it up and you know do they have references we'll give people a list of references uh, to go out and talk to people because they're the best testimonial for you yeah, um, that's great insight. I appreciate that. Um, and, and doing it bad might be the way I'd, I'd questioned earlier. Like, can't you have, you know, global access points for everybody? That might be the bad way. Um, last, let's wrap up with this, Todd. Is there, looking forward, um, is there a way to future-proof your communities so that as Wi-Fi speeds go to, you know, we, we're now at 5G and I don't know what 5H is next or whatever – um, is there is there anything to be thinking about from the perspective of future proofing your community so that as Wi-Fi technology evolves, you're best equipped to be able to to adapt with that? Well, the the interesting thing, Daniel, is it's, it's almost impossible to predict what's going to be invented because it hasn't been invented yet, right? We know technology it will advance. That's the one thing that is guaranteed. Um, speeds are going to go up, so you can get a 85 inch flat screen TV today for, you know, $300 and, you know, 10 years ago it was 10,000. So um, technology gets better and typically costs start to come down or the, um, the technology, the horsepower within the technology starts to improve. I remember my first computer, um, I think it had a gig hard drive and we're like, wow, that's huge, a gig. And now, you know, a 10 gig computer is like, man, that's like nothing. Um, but what we do is, what I mentioned at the very beginning, is we protect people against what, what we say is technology obsolescence, because you don't know what's going to happen. So we don't charge people for truck rolls. Um, we don't charge our partners if we have to come out and repair something, switch out a, a switch or an access point. Um, what we do is we kind of bake all of that into our service and our support. Um, and as long as our, because we look at it as we're in for, for the long haul with our partners, and we've never turned out a partner in our 26-year history, is, you know, say around year four, and the latest and greatest access point came out, the newest version, like the new iPhone, because you always kind of have the, the latest iPhone or the latest laptop or tablet, is give us an extension, five-year agreement, and we're not gonna charge you to come out and put in the new access points 
or deploy new switches and retrofit your pop your retrofit your property. Um, pay for the equipment once up front, and it's a kind of a one and done thing. And we keep um, having this partnership relationship kind of indefinitely, and the owner never has to pay for an upgrade ever. And we feel that's the best way to do it because we've earned your business and that's how it should be, right? So that's one way we kind of protect people against having to shell out more money for the latest and greatest version that's out there. So look, look for people, look for providers who do things like that in a way that you know they value your business. So if, if people are interested in learning more, Todd, how do they find uh, Dojo? So um, I'm pretty active on social media. So you can look up my profile on, on social media. We attend quite a few trade shows. You can see us there. Uh, they can uh, call me, uh, Todd Thorpe, and reach me by cell. All my contact information is um, on my profile and LinkedIn. Go to our website, dojonetworks.com. Great. Um, I know we, we, we could probably talk about this stuff for a long time. We'd limited time today um, because we try to keep these episodes to bite size. But uh, I think you shared a lot of great information for folks today who may not have understood the complications of, of deploying one of these systems. And uh, I really thank you for coming on today, Todd. Thank you. Daniel, thank you very much. All right. Take care. Thank you for joining us at this week's episode of the Apartment Academy podcast. The Apartment Academy is a production of Leonardo 24-7, the industry's leader in multifamily operations and maintenance software. At Apartment Academy, we realize the hard work that goes into property management and the stress that comes along with it. Leonardo 24-7 takes the guesswork out of your team's day-to-day -day by providing customized daily guidance on tasks that need to be done, guaranteeing consistent operations across your entire portfolio. To learn more, visit www.leonardo247.com today.